Yeah, welcome back to the Yahoo Fantasy Hoops podcast. Uh, I am merely Andy Barons, and I am not in sunny, warm Florida as I was last week. Instead, I am in like deep space, cold Chicago, which has just been miserable for the last couple of days. Dalton Del Don joins me as always from an undisclosed location in Central California. Dalton, what's up? How you doing, man? Doing all right. You know, still recovering from that 49ers loss. Uh, brutal. So, yeah, we have to deal with the Warriors and now the Niners demise. It's just it's it's tough, man. It's the beginning of the end for the Niners, isn't it? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, we all can't be so lucky to have a quarterback situation like the Bears. I mean, <laughs> that was that was unnecessary. That was totally unnecessary. We are uh, as as happens almost every week. You know, we had to wait. I don't know. What was it? 75 minutes, 90 minutes for Dalton to show up for this thing. He's total diva, totally inconsiderate. So I, I might I might have lost my edge a little bit. I might be off my game. I'm rattled. Um, I've just been I've just been sitting here drumming my fingers, waiting for Dalton, like always, like always. This is true. I apologize. And to the producer, uh, my I have a sick daughter who's been home from school a few days, but I won't bore you with any family details or anything. No excuses. It's mainly uh, I want to do a little show prep, but mainly it's more, uh, you know, I had to put on makeup. I have a whole team prepping for this before. So I, I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm here now, though. Just be thankful that I'm eventually did show up. My writer was not fully met like I did have. But we're going to we're going to fix those uh, those issues. But uh, we'll, we'll, let's get this going. Let's talk some hoops, Andy. All right. Let's get into it with our starting five for the week. Number one. I got to start, Dalton. Tuesday night, um, as you know, I go to the occasional Bulls game and um, Kobe White erupted. Absolutely erupted. Went off. Um, it just a quick knee-jerk reaction. Uh, is Kobe White, I don't know, is he the best guard in Bulls history? Um, is he is he closing in on Jordan? Is he not quite there yet? Wh- where do you slot him? Seven threes in the fourth quarter. Who is more clutch in today's NBA than Kobe White? I, I would say no one. Oh, so happy to hear that you were there. So that means he had zero threes before the first three quarters, I guess. But still, yeah, that's an amazing fourth. I believe he outscored the Knicks himself that final quarter so awesome that you got to witness the beginning of a of a growing legend yeah what a, what a monster <laughs> he um i'm only kind of joking here and i haven't actually added him in any in any leagues uh just yet i mean he entered the game shooting like 34 percent, only shot 35 percent from the collegiate three last year but it was fun it was really fun uh he is man he's a guy who just comes into games chucking um which i which i totally respect uh that reflects my my pickup game perfectly um yeah loved it like his his second and third threes you could just tell were kind of heat check threes they weren't even necessarily good shots um they weren't necessarily open um but man they went down and after that he was like okay well we're firing now yeah in fantasy terms i'd say he's more of a points league guy especially with porter out what's porter situation What's Porter's oh, situation? For sure. Um, I mean, Porter had been had been pretty obviously limited early in the season. Um, super gimpy. Don't yeah. know exactly. Like, I, I would hate to guess at when he comes back. Hell, he's one of, I don't know, it feels like a dozen NBA stars and near stars who are out right now. Um, in fact, let's let's get into some injuries, actually, because um, we've got not only Otto Porter, we've got uh, De'Aaron Fox, we've got Gordon Hayward, we got Steph, we got AD, we got Middleton, Miles My- Turner, we got Karis LeVert, uh, who's having thumb surgery, going to be out for like a month. What the hell? Uh, let's 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 worry about my rosters and talk about somebody that I am personally invested in, and that is De'Aaron Fox. Um, and I think this ties into a player that you're pretty bullish on. 
so he's going to be out uh, there. Like the way they're talking with Fox they're, they're we're going to check back in with him in like three or four weeks, which doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be back in three or four weeks. It was a, it was a Monday practice injury. So if you play in a weekly transaction league, as I do, um, you probably caught the news too late and he's parked in your lineup for a full yeah. week playing zero games. Um, so uh, anyway, tough injury who stands to benefit in Sacramento. First of all, as a Kings, passing on Lucas Doncic, watching him go crazy, MVP type season, and now Bagley and Fox, the point guard, you know, why they passed on him, both suffering injuries. It's just about as brutal as it can be in year number two of that decision. Corey Joseph moved in starting lineup, saw 38 minutes with very little production. Uh, bogey man Bogdanovich is the big beneficiary here probably gone in all competitive leagues but Luke Walton hadn't been really been playing him as he should have but he has scored 20 I think in three three straight games and and yeah that that ankle sprain he's on Fox is on crutches so it's going to be a while so uh, Bogey's usage rate jumped into like LeBron type territory when Fox has been off the court so far this year. So he's the he's the guy. He's the big beneficiary. But Rashawn Holmes, we talked about before. Uh, yeah, there's some um, open a lot of that's an open roster because Corey Joseph is not going to be a big fantasy saver. The guy that's consuming those minutes. Yeah. So Joseph is more. I don't know. How, how would you describe him? Sort of the he's like the hockey assist guy. He's like a little bit of a glue guy, but he's not a guy who's going to pile up um, stats. He's certainly not going to chase numbers on his own. Um, Bogdanovich was probably the best thing. I don't know. Maybe this is hyperbole, but it sure seemed to me like he was about the best thing about the, uh, the FIBA world cup this summer. He was awesome. Um, I want to say led the entire tournament in total points averaged around 23 per game. Uh, I, I think he's got a little streak now of, uh, of 20 point performances. He's playing 30 minutes a night. Um, a guy who's going to give you assists, threes points, um, couple of, couple of slick steals, uh, in their last game. Love him. Um, he's actually like, it's not, it wasn't exactly handcuffing, but I, but I, I have him almost incidentally in a bunch of those, uh, in a bunch of those De'Aaron Fox teams. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah. With no bag leagues too, for a while. So, I mean, even I, I'm in a uh, fairly competitive league with Harrison Barnes have been dropped earlier on. So mm. he's going to have a usage rate spike too. So, um, yeah, buddy healed has been a, a slower start to the year, the year. Hopefully he'll get going too, but yeah, bogey's the, the huge guy here. He's going to be real, real fantasy fun to, to own for the next few weeks for sure. All right, let's talk about um, let's talk about another injured star. We I feel bad about this. I almost feel a little bit like we cursed him. Um, we we talked about Gordon Hayward last week, right? <laughs> off to a great start. Was coming off a monstrous game in which I think he went sixteen for sixteen from two point range. Like just really good to see him back. And then he breaks his hand. Um, so now Hayward presumably out for some period of weeks. Not sure how long. If it's four. If it's six. Uh, do you see anybody on the Celtics who can actually be added who benefits from this? Yeah, not Steph's three months, apparently. But yeah, we definitely jinxed him, man. That's a tough, <laughs> tough break. He was looking so good. But um, I guess it's the Time Lord, Robert Williams, who missed last night's game. But I mean, he's the guy that's a monster with the 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 cat leagues. I mean, he could get those blocks if he gets any sort of extended minutes. He doesn't even need more than 20. So um, I, I looked at the other names. Uh, you mentioned Grant Williams. Uh, no, they didn't look too enticing to me. So it's Robert Williams for yeah. me. And then on the flip side, it's Jalen Brown's already breakout season gets even more monstrous. And Marcus Smart is a beneficiary as well. But Jalen Brown, if I got him in a late round flyer at a couple of leagues, and wow, what a that turned out terrific. He's been 
he's been great in your uh well he's a former top three pick he's still young and he's looked great yeah. his usage rate's really going to skyrocket yeah that's um that's almost the tricky thing about this is that uh there there are so many guys who are already in the starting lineup for boston who are capable of picking up additional you know uh, uh additional usage right like it's brown it's tatum it's smart it's walker probably the guys that are going to benefit maybe we see a little bit more carson edwards maybe he does a little something and he might be available in a handful of leagues but that's probably the only that's probably the only ad that you can actually go out and make and even there like with with guys like like brown and tatum who are so much higher up in the in the sort of shooting hierarchy for boston it's really hard to imagine there being somebody else who steps into hayward's numbers yeah, I do like Robert Williams, but even a Cantor's coming back. And uh, but but he is a guy to watch, though. I know it's fun to call him Time Lord and whatnot, but he really could be a monster if he ever did get the twenty-five minutes. I mean, he could be really a different <laughs> know, in you, category. I kind of feel like he's almost a product of the nickname more than he like like some of uh, the buzz is that it's maybe, just a great nickname. Maybe. Like I possible, know he, you give him twenty minutes, he gives you like six blocks, whatever. He's fun. <laughs> well, that's um, pretty good. Yeah. But I but I don't know that I don't know. I don't know that 30 minutes a game from Williams would look that great. Deeper leagues, deeper leagues. But yes, that's fair. That's fair. He might get overhyped with the with the whole time incident. Sure. It's a da- like it's a damn good nickname, though. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, another guy I want to uh, relate him to is like Chris Boucher. I believe his name is in, in the Raptors. He's a yeah. similar guy who, just, who is uh, just a monster in the block in uh, steel category who can now be looking at more time with the injuries there, you know, with Lowry went down um so he obviously van vliet's going nuts but uh boucher is a similar guy to robert williams and if you're looking for those the blocks and steals and a guy that's widely available out there man i didn't even mention lowry in the uh in the sort of rundown of yeah injured right stars. so many like, it's yeah. really bad yeah okay let me give you a guy who has been and we can spend some time on on andrew wiggins uh because i think he's a really interesting question you were talking about how Jalen Brown, um, still a really young player, even though it feels like he's been around forever, it feels like Andrew Wiggins has been in the league for like, I don't know, 15 years. I mean, I feel like they're, like we know everything there is to know about Andrew Wiggins. And yet, um, th- this is a sensational season that he's having so far. Um, just had another uh, huge performance for Minnesota. The team is playing fast. They're number four right now in the NBA in pace. Um, Wiggins is averaging almost 26 a game. So I guess uh, one of my first questions to you is, do you you feel like this is just a function of the pace at which Minnesota is playing? Is it a function of the schedule? Um, Is is what we're seeing from Wiggins right now, like he's he's 10th or 11th in the NBA in scoring right now at at 25.9 per game. How much of this is sustainable um, and, and what have you seen so far? He's playing great, and I'm a believer. I don't think he's a sell high. I mean, maybe it's a function of the pace, but that pace isn't changing. It seems to me like Ryan Saunders' system is just, he's given him the keys. We all thought it'd be Cat, but Cat's maintained top five value, too. He's been great, too, but it's Wiggins. I'm a buyer. I own zero shares in him. This is one of the bigger surprises of the season for me. I didn't see this coming at all. Even in the beginning, a couple big games, I wasn't rushing out or anything or to, to grab him, so... I, I, I'm surprised, didn't see it coming, but full on believer. And if you watched him, he looks, he looks good, man. He looks, he looks good out there. So, uh, uh yeah, he looks fantastic. And, uh, I wouldn't necessarily be, you know, trying to sell high. So I brought up the, uh, I brought up the basketball reference page right now and, uh, looking at the, uh, looking at the advanced stats on Wiggins. This is actually 
the first in in all of the statistics that try to measure a, a, a player's value over a replacement player, this is literally the first season of his career in which he has been a positive uh, in, wow. in terms of value over replacement player. Um, <laughs> like, like I, I guess I wouldn't have thought that. I, I guess I would have felt that somewhere along the line, Andrew Wiggins would have been viewed as a as a minor net positive, but uh, hasn't been the case to this point. But now um, his uh, his VORP is zero point four, which is a huge leap for him, actually. Again, I think you make a good point in that the 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 like the current pace at which they are playing that is that is the plan. That's not none of that is accidental. Like we're gonna we're gonna continue to see this um, pretty decent start for him from three point range. That's a career high right now. He's shooting a little yeah, bit over thirty six percent. He's been great from two point range. He's actually shooting over fifty three percent from two point range. Just a really really good season in in progress. Um, and again, I, I think I think at this pace, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's going to average twenty six a game for the rest of the season. But it feels like, man, in a, in a sort of general big picture NBA sense right now, uh, it feels like scoring is just up everywhere. And if you told me yeah. that Wiggins was going to finish at at twenty three points per game, I don't. I don't think that's crazy. Um, give me a. Give me like a full season line from him. And when you bring up those uh, those advanced stats, that's interesting too because uh, the thing with him is even if he has, wasn't great fantasy wise, I thought athletically coming out, people thought it'd be good defensively, a help there at least. And so that's he's just been such a dif- disappointment both for fantasy and real life. But usage rate right now, he's a- above Jokic and Booker. So I just think in fantasy terms, <laughs> it's uh, it's for real. So um, the line, uh, yeah, that sounds about right. About oh, twenty four and a half points, I'll say he finishes with. What, what do you think? Yeah, I like that. That's pretty bullish. I was going to, you know, I'm always a little bit more conservative than you. I think I was going to go like 23-6, 23-8, something like that, which would still be, which would still be a career high for him. Um, Just really, really impressive start so far. I always thought that um, it would have been, you know, I understood what the, what the Cavs did at the time. They were chasing a title, um, uh, chasing obviously after Kevin Love and another star. I thought it would have been cool if Andrew Wiggins had entered the league with LeBron and they just said, don't even worry about like, that's, that's freaking LeBron James. You don't have to worry about, you know, directing offense for us. You don't have to worry about scoring. Just be a, an absolute Doberman defensively. I, I would have loved to see how Wiggins would have developed. That's a great point. That's back when Clay Thompson and Draymond Green were rumored to be uh, traded for Kevin Love. Yeah. You know, Warrior fans were irate that we didn't do it. There were a lot, you know, at that point. So <laughs> that's uh, think that's a good. I totally forgot that Wiggins could have been paired with him, and that would have been so interesting. Just super athletically gifted, yeah, wings like that. That would have been interesting to see for sure. Yeah, it feels like it just would have given him an entirely different career arc. But whatever, he's arrived at this point where he yeah, now is he's here. Yeah, I, I I had written him off as far as being a star for sure. I, this is great. I'm glad, happy for him. It's cool to see. Yeah, he's ahead of Cat in terms of scoring right now. I don't know how long, how much longer that will last, but again, just a terrific start. And I'm kind of with you. I don't, I don't view him like I imagine you're going to start seeing some fantasy columns on on sell highs, and I guess I wouldn't put him in that group. I mean, I think this is mostly for real. Yeah, I mean, he, I get why being obvious so high because he's just so much better than he's ever been. But he's going to regress some. But to me, this is real. It's a different system. So everything's different, the environment around him. And he's just totally, he's, he's treated differently in the offense. I mean, he's running that offense. So I don't see why anything would drastically change. And for all his faults, he's actually been pretty, a uh, pretty durable player throughout his career too. Right, right, right. And that's uh, part of the value for both Wiggins and, uh, and Carl Anthony Towns is that like whatever other criticisms you want to level against them, they are available, <laughs> yep. right? Like Towns has a couple of seasons at 82 games. I think Wiggins has at least one season at 82 games. Like that's, that's no small three. thing in the current w- Wiggins NBA. Has th- 
Wiggins has three seasons at 82 and another at 81. I mean, so four at 81 or more. I mean, yeah, that's pretty, pretty badass. Um, honestly, like given given what we expect from star players at this point. So that like let's get into a let's get into a different topic yeah. then and let's talk a right. little load management. Um, not not even purely uh, uh, from a fantasy perspective with regard to specific players, but it's been quite a topic of conversation lately. I feel like on a national level from national media after, uh, y- you know, a couple of games in which Kawhi of all people sat out like I feel I guess I feel not to filibuster on this, but I, I feel like if there's anybody who should be exempt from load management criticism, it's freaking Kawhi Leonard who just won the NBA title while being load managed perhaps because he was load managed, right? Like, like maybe lay off him. We, we think he has a, a, a condition that is just going to have to be managed over the rest of his career. Right. And, and oh, he's coming oh, that game, that game six clincher, by the way, he had like 22, six and two or something, not a big line. He was clearly compromised. That's why he's a warrior. Yeah, kind of yeah. Frustrated with the injury going back to game seven. Cause that was a compromise Kawhi in, in the finals. So get the dude's hurt. He has a condition in his knee. I have no doubt in my mind about that being real or not. Yeah. And even so, if it wasn't, you're right. I mean, yeah. I mean, if anyone, they just proved that it won him a title. So, I mean, give me a break. Would you, yeah. So it's whatever. It's just Doc was what? Truthful in an interview. So it cost him money. I mean, it's just yes. silly. Yeah. That to me, that to me is ridiculous. So who like, I don't know, let's, let's just rattle off some of the other players that are probably going to be in the same situation this year. Um, Paul George is actually coming back. Uh, in fact, we're recording this on Thursday. We could see him on Thursday. Um, but I assume that he's going to be subject to some of the same treatment. He's had uh, surgery on both shoulders in the offseason. Perhaps he uh, he sits a bunch of like there's probably just going to be a bunch of back to back scenarios where either he or Kawhi plays, but not both of them. Right. Um Maybe fantasy wise, that means that these guys are just never going to give you a four game week. Like, like anytime you yeah. anytime you see it on the schedule, you can just forget it. They're they're not going to play more than three in any given week. I assume that's right. Um, Embiid is probably subject to this as well. Um, at some point, um, we might get a, a brief, especially especially if the Lakers continue on the on the tack that they're on right now. We might get a, a brief sabbatical from LeBron at some point. We might get some uh, some load management days from him. Uh, Anthony Davis apparently playing through a shoulder injury that he intends to continue playing through. Seems like he's going to sit occasionally. Um, who else? Who am I missing? It's probably a lot of guys. The data Davis, man, he's I'm a little worried about. He says there's not a play <laughs> that goes by that he doesn't feel that in his shoulder. That's before whatever he's dealing with now, also an ankle or something. So or ribs too. So I, they have two bigs that are capable of McGee and Howard uh, and, and LeBron and they're winning. I'm worried about Davis that I mean, obviously everyone's I mean, constantly worried about him but you have him right did you grab him in friends and family i mean what do you do normal whatever comes to territory you're gonna finish with 62 games or whatever but i don't know man the guy just seems so banged up always yeah i think my i think my real worry there is that there's gonna have to be like two or three weeks that he just sits um because wow are they talking about it a lot and and i I have no reason to doubt him like if he if he says he's feeling it um on every touch he's probably feeling it on every touch um i i get it obviously he's had a history of that's the thing with Davis. It's not it's not like it's not Kawhi's situation where there's like a singular thing that we know is going to be an ongoing worry. It, it's it's always been a slightly different scenario with Davis, but it's you know, whatever. It's always something. He's a brilliant player. So you put up with it. It's fine. Um, I guess I guess I'm at a point right now where I'm just hoping I get 65 games out of him. And I hope that a lot of those games are at the end of the season when right. I'm going to need him in head to head. 
Right. Yeah, I know. Head to head, it makes it so frustrating. These guys, you're right. You just gotta have to accept that you're not going to get the full week from them. Yeah, I, Embiid, I avoided the Paul Georges, but Embiid, I, I have plenty of him, and it's uh, yeah, it's just going to come with the territory. You just have to accept it, I guess. It's kind of brutal. And Embiid has been so fun generally over the over the full season. I still think there's a chance we get. Um, I know, I know he, had, he lost a couple of games to suspension. I still feel like there's a chance we get 70 games out of Embiid. Yeah, but no, it is a theme so far of just all the injuries and the season's so long and all that. But yeah, it just seems uh, seems relentless early on. Um, so where are you at on load management just sort of philosophically? It, do, yeah. it doesn't... It makes sense. It does, we just saw a team win because of it. I mean, as a fan, obviously it's annoying. You spend your money, you go to a game, obviously you're annoyed, but how can you, how can you really criticize? I mean, it makes the product better and you cannot fault the coaches or the players for doing so. I mean, it's just a different era. Yeah, the, well, I think that's actually the key, right? Like, I don't, I don't think that you can point to, you know, Oscar Robertson averaging forty plus minutes a game, or players from, you know, thirty years ago, forty years ago, when the game was not played at this pace. Like the pace of play for so yeah, many teams right now. That's true. Too. Yes, the number of possessions that you're seeing per game is just so different from like the walk it up. Like, I. You know, I also get that, you know, having witnessed it myself, that like NBA basketball in the 70s and 80s was um, often brutally physical. Um, But there also just wasn't like nobody was running this hard. Nobody was going this hard. There was no such thing as like getting shots up in six seconds, seven seconds. Like nobody talked that way. Just the pace of play right now is just so different. It has to be um, so much more demanding physically uh, uh, that like it doesn't bother me. And I'm like, I'm a season ticket holder of a team like I I have to worry about and and a bad team, too. So like I'm the team where like the opposing star comes into town and they end up sitting. right? (laughs) Like so. I mean, it's it's a bummer, but uh, especially after last season with Toronto, I just feel like there's no there's there's almost no reasonable way to argue against it. For sure. Yeah. And I, I mentioned this last week's pod, but uh, I believe last season's uh, leader in pace would rank eighth right now. So it's only even getting faster. So, I mean, it's oh, just that's nuts. more and more and more possession. So I looked this up. Or I, I saw this because of the R.J. Barrett uh, when Fizdell brought it up about Sprewell. I believe his second year in the league, he played 44 minutes per game. I mean, that's that's not that's not that many eras ago, you know? I mean, it's crazy. Wow. I mean, the guy was like 20 years old and he averaged like 43.9 minutes per game. It's something crazy. It's, it's insane. So very different, very different this year. And if you look at the, the league leaders in minutes per game too, it's just continuous, you know, drop. So that's where we're headed and it's, it's not going to stop now because as you said, we just, we just saw it uh, have the ultimate payout. Shout out to uh, Tom Thibodeau, who once played Jimmy Butler like 48 minutes in a preseason game. That's the, yeah. that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that's unreal. It's so funny. So we're right now, we're, we're, like, we're like a month in to the fantasy season, to the NBA regular season. Um, I just want to get, I don't know, I want to get a little reset from you on uh, where we're at relative to preseason expectations, maybe who you're bailing on, who you're buying, anything like that. So give me, um, give me, give me any obvious buy lows that you see out there right now. Maybe Rudy Gobert's too late now. Uh, Julius Randle hasn't played very well, but my guy Jokic, I mean, he's just really, uh, not produced his top, uh, value that you expect. I picked him to win the MVP. Uh, Zach Lowe wrote a, a good column about explaining that something just doesn't look right. And maybe all those minutes, I picked the wrong year, I say always a durable guy, but maybe it's going to catch up to him. You know, he played a lot in the summer, too. So I still think that, you know, maybe just a slow start is going to result into the old Jokic. And I'd I'd say he's my buy low. I mean, maybe it's obvious, but but he's going to return to the the player we're accustomed to. That's an interesting one. So he's 
like it hasn't been bad. He's delivering. I'm I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at his uh, full season rank right now. It's it's fringe top thirty five fantasy value to this point. Yeah, but you, um, you went six, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. you know all those other guys that went up there are, are pretty much returning the uh, the value. So I don't know. Yeah, that that was my question. Who do you got, Andy? If yeah, mine's so a not, poor choice, I want to hear yours. That's really not totally disastrous. Um, I like Drew Holiday a lot. Um, I, I think Holiday is somebody who's going to bounce back in a big way, like barely delivering top fifty value to this point in the season. That's New Orleans is a team that you know we, we're having the pace discussion. They're they're top three in pace, I want to say right now. So plenty of points available there. I think he bounces back. Um, I don't think it's bad for him when when Zion comes back, whenever that is. Uh, I, I think he's somebody who you can reasonably make an offer on. Um, I tend to shy away from. Some of the injured guys, um, and like nobody hammers this point as well as our colleague and friend Scott Pianowski, right? Like the idea of injury optimism is uh, it, it's just it's just really dangerous, right? Like sure. hoping for best case scenarios with players coming back from injury is never generally a good idea. Um, so I, I guess I wouldn't throw those guys into the buy low conversation, but I would throw. And this is all situational. This is all context dependent. Um, maybe you've already got two guys injured on your bench that you're stashing for later and you just can't fit anybody else. But um, the suspended players, I think, are really interesting by lows. Like, I think I, I don't know what it like. I'm amazed at what Phoenix has done to this point in the year. Um, but that's going to be kind of fun when Aiton comes back and like the suspended guys come back in their We don't have to worry about their health. We know when they return. We know when Collins returns. We know when Aiton returns uh lord knows who the nba is going to catch next maybe there's going to be another player or two right because all of a sudden p these suspensions are popping (laughs) um i think i think those guys are interesting plays and and maybe now isn't necessarily the time to make an offer but maybe you let a couple of weeks go by and you you let them burn a couple more weeks on on an opponent's bench and then you scoop in uh and, and try to buy those guys you know a month in advance of their return yeah, I know. I like I like those picks, and totally uh, dependent on those leagues if you can stash or not. I'm in this one without. Yeah. Again, without without uh, deep benches, without IR spots. It's funny the players that are getting getting dropped. That was a good one, and I mentioned. I don't know if I mentioned, but Julius Randle has been so bad. What are your thoughts on Julius Randle? He's been he's been a total bum in his new situation. I don't. So it's funny. I mentioned that I went to the to the Bulls Knicks game on Tuesday night. I spent most of the game. Um, uh, me and my buddy were just were just talking about what the hell the Knicks had built. Because um, <laughs> it's just a. It, I mean, it's just a funky roster, right? And I don't know what their, I don't know what their ultimate intentions are with this. I, I don't know if they signed all those guys just because they think they're going to be able to use three or four of them as trade chips. I have no idea. But it's the weirdest build. Like I don't know. Last year's Lakers were a pretty weird build too. But this this whole thing where they just desperately threw money at names because they missed out on all the marquee guys has just resulted in the craziest roster. I think Randall's a really fun player, but I don't, I don't know that um, New York in the in the current environment is where he can best realize his uh, his fantasy value. I would love to see him get flipped um, as soon as he's eligible to be dealt, but I kind of feel the same way about like Taj too and, and and the nine other power forwards they signed. Yeah, I don't. I think the answer is they don't have any. They don't know what they're doing in the Knicks. I mean, you know that there's actually more came out about Durant that like their their plan was to go to New York, and I forget who went there in the middle of last season. But they just they told them, like, listen, there, there's not a chance like the dysfunction from the top, like you want no part of, of this organization. So I don't think they have a clue is, is that I don't think they did have a plan of bringing all those guys in. But it just sounds like a disaster over there. Yeah. And that's when you're you're really in in your worst spot in the NBA or in any professional sport. Right. When the real problem is ownership, there's just 
Yeah, that's there's, the worst. Yeah, there's there's just nothing to there's there's nothing to hang your hat on. Like at least I don't know. At least in Chicago, the current ownership has actually won titles, and I can convince myself that if they ever just do make a move on on some of the names in the front office, maybe things get better. But there's you know if you're if you're holding out hope that somebody who's watched his franchise become like a two and a half billion dollar enterprise. Like if, if you really think they're going to, they're, they're going to sell willingly and that's the only way that things get better. Um, that's a, that's just a terrible plan. <laughs> like, like that's just a terrible plan. You, you also have to think that maybe New York, uh, makes a coaching change at some point. I have thought that going into that Tuesday night game between Chicago and, and the Knicks, that it was like a, a loser leaves town sort of game for one of the coaches, like whoever loses that game, like, I, I don't know how much longer Fisdale has. I don't even know what his contract is exactly, but I don't know how much longer he has. But it, it that sure feels tenuous right now. Yeah, it's crazy because they have such an advantage, obvious advantage of, you know, MSG in New York. But you bring up a great point about the owner. That is the absolute worst is actually being tied to your favorite team. Yeah, having a, a, a bad owner for sure. Give me a few names of players that you have dropped so far. Like we're a month into the season. We always try to tell people to be patient and there's just, hey, there's a stash of everybody. There's a spot for everybody in deep leagues, blah, blah, blah. But we don't all play in super deep leagues. And a lot of us play in leagues with like two bench spots and we're going to have to make drops. Um, who have you cut? Who have you totally cut bait on? Man, I know you. I, I haven't really bunch of roster churning. You know, I'll give you a, a, a name that I haven't cut bait on, but I'll just give you a guy that fits this. The guy I'm worried about is Kendrick Nunn. Um, he, he got off mm. to a really good start and he actually had a good game another other day, but, but, Win, uh, Winslow's coming back. Uh, they're going to get healthier. And I think defense is starting. You know, it's not quite a surprise. So he's a guy that jumped out to me that, uh, you know, really good asset early on. And, and I think the minutes aren't going to be there moving forward. It's sell high if you're in a deeper league, but shallow leagues, I think he's going to be a cut soon. That's a really interesting name because I have him in a couple of places and he was somebody, obviously anybody who's scoring 20 points a game, like he was early in the year really easy to talk yourself into him. Um, and then as soon as he strings together a couple of like 10 point games and you're like, Hmm, am I, I'm, I'm really going to hold on to this guy for the possibility. Like at the end of the day, he's kind of a, he's kind of like a two category guy, right? Like you might get a three or two, you might get, um, steals. you might get points. You can get some steals, but he's not like, he's not a total category winner there. Um, it's not, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily a pretty picture unless he's getting like real volume as a shooter. That's a pretty good name. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one name that I almost dropped and now I'm glad I didn't. Um, but I was like one league, I forget if it's the friends and family or if it's this, uh, charity league that I'm in that there was a league where I almost dropped JJ Reddick. Um, cause the, the minutes game to game are just, are just killing me. <laughs> like, like, so, like, his season has been such a roller coaster, but now he's strung together a couple of huge games. Again, we talked about it. Um, New Orleans is playing with with exceptional pace, so there is huge opportunity there. Um, he has been a somewhat frustrating own for me this year, but uh, I, I will give myself a little bit of credit for holding on to him uh, through a handful of disappointing lines and, and uh, picked up some good ones. The the guy that I dropped early, and I you know I, I feel like we even spent in one of the early podcasts, I probably spent ten minutes congratulating myself on uh, drafting Michael Porter Jr. And, uh, like, I just, I just can't find a spot for a guy who's playing seven minutes a game. (laughs) 
Good call with Reddick too. Uh, I think that uh, a couple injuries there have helped. But yeah, you could have. I've actually seen him available in a couple leagues I'm in too. But yeah, he's had a back really rewarded you with a couple big, uh, big games recently. Yeah, listen. I mean, if anybody dropped him, I, I totally get it. I'm, I'm going through the game log now, and it was you know there's a there's a 17 yeah. minute game, there's a 21 minute game, there's a 17 minute game, right? Like you just, it's hard. Um, it, it's hard to a guy puts together two games in a row, uh, especially in a league where you only get like two or three bench spots. A guy puts together a couple games in a row where he's not even playing 20 minutes. Um, but then the other night, it's Houston. It's 37 minutes. It's 24 points. He's got a couple of back-to-back, you know, 20-point efforts. We know what he is fundamentally. He's one of the best shooters, uh, not just in the league right now, but probably in the history of the league. So what, whatever. He's the, oh, he's, the, he's the guy I'm just going to live with. All right. I'll throw you some names that I actually have dropped. Eric Gordon, who has been horrible before he got hurt. And then Goga, the, the center on, in, uh, in the Pacers, who was in a great situation. We had a bunch of injuries there, and he was doing so well, but he himself got hurt too. So there, those are a couple of uh, sad jumps I had to make. Man, Eric Gordon, he had a couple times there where he was in a prime situation with people resting too, and he just his shooting was awful this season. Yeah, um, Gordon, the perfect example of, like, it's such a killer in fantasy, too, and obviously in, in a categories format. The guy who um, loves to shoot, and is shooting very poorly, right? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like R- Ricky Rubio oh, used to be kind of the poster boy for that. And but man, nobody nobody's doing it quite like Gordon. Like, just not shooting well at all. Has a green light from anywhere on the floor. So it's not, it's not like he's taking a bunch of good shots and clanging them, right? Like, there's a bunch of what you would traditionally what we used to think of as bad shots. Maybe the Rockets think of them as as acceptable shots in any circumstance, right? But um, yeah, terrible shooting percentages and loves to shoot is a really bad combo. And one of the guys I picked up for those two is uh, Anthony Simons. He kind of reminds me of your Kendrick Nunn, a guy who might not do much else other than kind of shoot a lot. And uh, that Portland backcourt's awfully durable. But if one of those guys went down, uh, that Simons guy's an interesting chucker. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good name. I, I added him um, at the start of this week in a league, and I, I, you're right to compare him to none because it kind of looks the same way. It's pretty much just going to be threes and points, maybe the occasional steal. Not going to be a lot else, but but pretty clearly a uh, great opportunity there. Yeah, he's like 20 years old, I believe, too, and he did really impressed in summer league. So he's an interesting, definitely intriguing, intriguing kid to keep your eye on. Okay, my my last big question for you, and I think I have a good answer. I think I have a really good answer to this. Give me a Give me a bold prediction for the balance of the season now that we're a month in. All right. Okay. Threw this one at me last minute. I will uh, So I have to go homer here. So um, I was worried about <laughs> the, the, how, how these injuries would affect this player, the Warriors, uh, at first. But now uh, I'm going to say D'Angelo Russell will be a top 10, uh, top 10 at least fantasy player from here on out. You know, over, the last two, over the last I'm two sorry, weeks, 10. he's been... Over the last two weeks, he's been number five, sir. His usage rate is 38.3. <laughs> I mean, it's out of control, the situation. I could see him sitting. I little worry about that, but I think that ankle injury was legit he had, and he's just going to either A, put up a ton of points to be trade bait, or B, put up a ton of points just because there's no one else there to do it. I mean, Draymond Green is, has no interest in this season, so there's no one else there. So the, it literally, I, don't, I mean, this guy might lead the league in, in usage rate and go, go crazy. So I think D'Angelo Russell will be a first-round fantasy value from here on out. What was his, uh, uh, where, where did he finish in terms of uh, full season rank last year? Do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, off the top of my head. It looks like in nine cat leagues, uh, Basketball Monster has him as 57th. Top 10 is, that's something. Um, that's bold. I'll give you that. That's, that's really bold. Right. I can see it though. Um, what is your, uh, I, we should probably just get a monthly check-in from you on this. What do you think the likelihood is that he gets dealt this year? Wow. Um, now this year, I'm going to say because obviously if he's going to finish top 10 overall, he's not getting traded, right? <laughs> like, no, 
Like he's not getting traded. Oh, it's no, have to oh, happen no, no, that, no. They might take that as a time to sell if they don't see the fit there. I don't know. It's unclear. There's, I'm not sure about that. 50-50. 50-50. I have a, All right, I have what's a, yours, Andy? I got a bold prediction for you that I I feel pretty good about. Like, I think this is legit going to happen. Um, I think James Harden is going to score 75 in a game at some point this season. I don't, I don't know when. I don't know who the opponent is. But, like, he's averaging 37 points a game right now. He's averaging 37 points a game and not even shooting particularly well. His, his team, like, routinely is finishing... They had like a 150 point game against Washington. They don't, they don't like. They appear to be entirely indifferent defensively. They're playing at crazy pace. Um, number two, I think, in pace right now, but almost number one. Um, and, and again, Harden not even shooting well uh, is averaging 37 a game. So I, I feel like there's going to be. I don't know. I feel generally about the NBA this year that somebody is just going to put up a stupid individual point total. Like uh, you know, Dame had. 60 the other night and there there ain't no way that's going to be like the high scoring mark for the year right like somebody's going to put up just a dumb number in fact i just brought up the full list of every 70 point game in nba history there have been 11 of them um you know and most of them are wilt chamberlain right but other than wilt it's it's kobe with the kobe with the 81 it's david thompson when he was chasing a scoring title it's david robinson when he was chasing a scoring title end of the year um, Elgin Baylor, Devin Booker. That's your full list of uh, of seventy point games, and I feel pretty confident that James Harden is going to get there at some point. I feel so so dumb for lowering him even one one spot in my rankings. Ah. Right about Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's usage rate. Harden's usage rate is higher this year than last. You said that Houston's pace might be second in the NBA, but it's that would still be second highest in NBA history. I mean, it's the yeah. it's the crazy. So I mean, it's a different era here, and that's yeah, he's. Yeah, he might average forty. It's it's crazy. Uh, right, Harden he might average man. forty. I mean, like, he's not even shooting that well. He's not even shooting yes. that well. And he's at no, thirty. He might average forty. Yes, he he. It's it's crazy. I, and I said that uh, when I brought up the crazy usage rate for D'Angelo Russell last few weeks, I said he might leave. That still wouldn't approach the territory that Harden is right now. I mean, the ball just runs through yeah. him every single possession, and he's he's awesome. So I'm with you on this one for sure. And yeah, again, it feels so dumb for lowering him even one spot in the rankings. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking at this further there. Um, there have only been obviously there have only been two games of over 80 points. Like I feel like I feel like 80 might be in range for James Harden. I don't know. Like the right night, he really gets cooking. Um, maybe it's a night where we don't have Russell Westbrook. Like I just feel I feel pretty strongly like this is gonna happen. Only three games in NBA history of uh 70 uh, above 75 points. And I I feel like I feel like he's gonna add a fourth. You know, that was fun the other night. You mentioned Dame, I gotta bring it back to D I had both Russell and, and Leonard uh, sorry, Lillard on my home team uh, in the backcourt. 60 points, 52 points, 14 threes between the two of them. That was a, a fun night there. But uh yeah, good times. I like that. Yeah, Harden, man. He's just just crazy. But what about Kobe dropped 81? That was a fun that wasn't super long ago. Raptors? pretty pretty fun and they like that game still gets replayed all the time yeah. um okay. yeah i feel i don't know who the opponent's gonna be but i feel like just uh, the right night another maybe it's another washington game maybe it's the Cavs, or maybe it's like a spotlight game i don't know but they're just they're just playing so ridiculously fast 
Um, and inevitably, Harden's going to have one of those games where he absolutely beasts. And if there's if there's any reason at all to keep him on the floor deep into the fourth quarter, I think it's really going to happen. I'd, in yeah. fact, I'd, I will say I would be shocked if we don't get a 70-point game from someone this year the way, um, the way the game is trending. Right. One thing I would say quick about this pace with the Rockets in particular, Capella's had his ups and downs, but guys like P.J. Tucker, even Daniel House have been like really good fantasy assets yeah. this year, by far the best of their career. And with Eric Gordon out and the way this pace is going, it might not be a total fluke. I mean, Tucker was crazy high, like top 30 in nine catch or something, but but those guys are here to stay for, for assets in that situation. Um, something I didn't see happening, and we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get a guest on next week who is uh, uh, a bit of a Milwaukee Bucks expert uh, uh, to talk about this a little bit. Um, the Bucks number one in pace. We can get into this uh, in a later episode, but the Bucks being number one in pace is not something that I'd expected. Yeah, that's that's help uh, helps uh, Greek freak as well too. Yeah, no, it seems like it's the thing, man. Every every year that's just getting more and more, and it's uh, definitely. I am curious. I'd like to talk to the the Bucks expert too about that, but it's a. Uh, it's it's wild if this keeps up because it's 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 pretty crazy how many more possessions it are it is throughout the league. Okay, I got a couple things for you this week in uh, in case you missed it, and I got to start with uh, <laughs> I got to start with Wednesday night. It was too good. Um, you, I, I assume that you caught Austin Rivers um, absolutely trolling his father in one of one of the one of the finest moments of the NBA season to date. Yes, what do you tell him to get kicked out, right? Yeah. Um, so Doc was arguing pretty vigorously. I don't know exactly what was being said, but it, he was certainly gesticulating in a way that uh, made you think maybe a T was coming. And man, Austin was standing, I don't know, four feet away, five feet away, just given the, the technical foul uh, hand sign mercilessly. And it, it was awesome when it finally came. That was, that was pretty great to see. That was a good one. Yeah. What, what's the other one you got? I, 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 so, wh- which one is it? So that uh, that I treasured. And then um, I sent you a link that I hope you looked up um, the the image of uh, Kevin Durant. Like, first of all, good to see that Kevin Durant is like out shooting, moving laterally a little bit. Um, there have been some good signs on the recovery for Kevin Durant. But whole series of photos of KD wearing a, uh, a Kukoc number seven jersey. I feel like I should take this as a sign that he's uh, crying out to be to be dealt to my bulls, that he regrets the the Nets decision altogether um, and that he wants to he wants to be a part of the uh, exciting young super team that uh, that is forming in Chicago. Yeah. How else could you interpret that? I had not seen that. Thank you for for passing that on. The uh, the comments under the tweet is pretty funny. But, man, I will say the picture (laughs) of his right leg. It's definitely looks different How than his about left. It? A I mean, little, that a little is, uh, underdeveloped. Bones. Eh? Yeah, man, talk about bird bones. That guy's not coming back this year. But yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Have that. Have that broken man go to Chicago on a, on a big contract. <laughs> take, take, take those <laughs> bird bones deal. with you. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's uh, suggesting that he, he just wants to wear number seven in Chicago. That's how he wants to go out. I would take it. Yeah. How good was Kukoc, by the way? Oh, man, like really, really good. And the the funny thing is, if you're a if you're if you were a Bulls fan of that era and of the early Jordan era, um, he was like he was a villain. Um, he was just a far off idea for a long time. He was like the he was the draft fantasy that Jerry Krause had. And for a little while there, it was just sort of easy. You know, Jerry, Jerry Krause was really good at his job and, you know, maybe maybe considered himself a little bit too important in the overall process relative to his actual star players. Right. But Jerry Krause did a wonderful job. He's the guy who brought in Pippen, all that um, built some great teams. Um, But he was infatuated with Tony Kukoc and what Tony Kukoc could be. And so there was a moment there when Kukoc was just this far off foreign idea. And we hadn't seen him yet that, that he seemed like a legitimate rival to, 
to Pippin. Like it was like one or the other. You were either you could you could either have Pippin or Kukoc, but you couldn't have both. And so Kukoc was like the bad guy before he joined the Bulls. And then what a totally likable player, and what a really really fun ex player. Yeah, the one thing that comes to a lot of people's minds, I'd imagine, is though, is the the play drawn up for him, and Pippin wouldn't come out, right? I mean, that's, that's yeah, that, that's my. I mean, that's the he was awesome though, no no question. Yeah, no, I I, I mean I root. I, there was a stretch when I rooted for Jordan as a kid, you know, like every kid there. And yeah, I mean, I remember that sure. well. And, and, and Kukoc came, came back. Yeah, Kukoc was awesome. I mean, lefty, he could shoot threes too, right? Uh, yeah, that's the other thing. Kukoc is one of those guys. There's a couple of bulls that fall into this category. None, none, none more than Ben Gordon for me. But Kukoc also one of those guys who in, in today's game, in today's environment, as, as fast-paced as it is and as... Yeah, like, like a point whole, forward, like, right? I mean, he could handle too, right? Total point forward. Yeah. Um, had had basically played the the point his entire career before coming into the NBA. Just a just a perfect fit for the for the modern game. And if if you actually encourage that guy to to shoot as many threes as he wanted in the right environment today, um, he would he would just be super fun. He would be incredibly fun. All right, before we go, you're talking about James Harden. You're talking about random subjects, and you're not going to bring up that a Reddit user found a correlation between Hardik's lack, oh my God. lack oh my of God. performance on the road and the quality of strip clubs in the city. I mean, Darren Rovell is even, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's reporting on it. Andy Barons, you don't have a strong take on this. A I don't super... think I have to check the math, but I don't think it's quite a perfect study, though. But, but, but I'm, I'm well, all ears, Andy. For your I take. mean, how how rigorous can you possibly make a study like that? <laughs> right? Like, I'm I'm not. I don't recall what he used, what the what the what the Reddit user uh, used as his uh, basis for what is a what is a hot strip club city and what <laughs> isn't. Like, I'm. I'll just tell you, I'm not qualified to speak on it. Uh, but I I trust that there was some basis for it, and uh, the fact that any correlation at all could be found is is amazing. I would. I would actually really like to see that done. I don't know. God knows who would do it, but I would love to see that done for the entire NBA. I feel like it might. I feel like it might expose a few things. Yeah, for sure. No, that's just amazing that someone has the time to do that and the, the his methodology and uh, all of it is just hilarious. But most importantly, I wanted to throw you on the spot and make you a little uncomfortable. But uh, good times, Andy. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have a power rankings of strip club cities in the U.S. that you want to share? Oh, with you're us? Throwing, throwing it back at me? No, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't. I don't know at all. I've never been to one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no comment. No comment on that front. Um, but I will say I can't I can't rank them. I can't rank them. Myself. I was going to say the same. Yes, I cannot. I cannot rank them. And if uh, yeah, but it is hilarious. The uh, the 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 work that went into this in-depth uh, stuff by this Reddit user. It's pretty, pretty funny. But Harden's doing well either way. He's doing doing well for himself, both on and off the court. It's astonishing. I may actually, um, if we can loosely consider that a piece of fantasy analysis, I may actually, I may actually submit it for an FSWA research award this year. It's a pretty astonishing piece of research and and a brilliant concept. I only want to see it expanded to the rest of the league. Um, and what a what a perfect note for us to end on. That is going to do it. Uh, thanks to our entire production staff. Thank you to Dalton Del Don. Please. People, if you want to give us, uh, uh, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. Um, Give us five stars, if you will. And um, that is going to do it for this week. You can follow at Yahoo Fantasy. You can follow me at Andy Barons or at Dalton Del Don on Twitter. That is going to do it. We are out. 